on, on the day we celebrate the, uh, the ascension of our Lord. But before we, we jump into what I hope becomes really a, a rich meal for your souls, I want to put in your right hand a spoon and in your left hand a fork so you can just gobble this right up. So are you ready for your spoon? here on Mother's Day and on the Ascension of our Lord. You ready for your spoon? Here, here's, here's a spoon. It's always around this time of year that um, people are one-year Bible readers, I'm going to call them. Our, our one-year Bible readers feel a tremendous amount of guilt because uh, people can usually get through January and February because... Um, Genesis is a, is a, it's a, it's a captivating book, and people just mow right through it. And, and then they get to Exodus, and Exodus is worthy of movie after movie after movie. And then you get to Leviticus. And, and what's, with, uh, what's with all the regulations? What's with all the talk about? What's, what's with all the descriptions of getting rid of mildew in the house? And, and people kind of get hung up right there in the book of Leviticus, and a lot of people don't make it. The people who, who soldier on through Leviticus get to Numbers, and then Joshua, and all the names. It's name after name after name after name. And, and the people who soldiered right through Leviticus, that's usually where everything stops. And, and it's really too bad because, because God loves to name people. God's not interested in, in depersonalizing people by putting them into categories according to race or socioeconomic, education, color, language. God's not interested in any of that, God is interested in naming people in his heart. And that's what he does right from the very start of our lesson. He names Theophilus. So that's your spoon. That's your spoon to, to begin to dig into this lesson that we have today. Are you ready for your fork then? It's time for your fork. Have you noticed that Luke is incredibly interested in the two men who are clothed in white? I mean, these guys are always showing up in his story. And no other gospel, no, no other gospel writer, we call them evangelists, no other gospel uh, writer gives so much detail and so much description about these two men. For example, only Luke tells us their name. At the transfiguration of our Lord, the two men gleaming in right are called Moses and Elijah. These, these same two men gleaming in white, later nameless, show up at, you remember this? The empty tomb of Jesus. And then these two men, again, gleaming in white. And, and he uses the same exact words. The same two men, gleaming white, then show up again in our lesson for today. It's strange, and I think we have to notice this, that 
Whenever the two men in white show up, God is changing the world. So now you have your spoon and your fork. And we're still hungry bears. Remember I told you you got to come every week. So those of you who were there that week, you were still hungry bears. And now we're ready to, to dig into this account of the ascension of the Lord. Let me read it to you. And then we're going to get into the details. This is what Luke writes. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is God's word. We'll begin in God's name, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You, you, you just can't overestimate the, the enormous significance of Luke beginning his book in this way. Let me read it one more time. He says, in my former book, Theophilus. Have you ever thought about the fact that um, the Lord inspired two books of the Bible for just one person? We have uh, 24 chapters of the Gospel of Luke, and that wasn't enough for Theophilus. Then God decides, I'm going to give him one more book called the Acts of the Apostles, and he gives 28 more chapters. This is unprecedented. It will never be repeated again in biblical history that God would love a person by lavishing him with so much inspired words from God. And there isn't even a close second. Only Timothy can even come close. The Lord, through the Apostle Paul, gave to Timothy and lavished him with Just ten chapters of the Bible. 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. So so really, first and second place for 
as far as being loved by the inspired word of God, it is not even close. God named Theophilus in his heart, and then he names him in his scriptures. But it's not just the fact that he's named. It's the fact that what we have here is only his name. This is what it says, again, it just calls him Theophilus. There's no honorary titles. There's no pleasant greetings. It's just his bare name. That's it. And and you have to understand this, that this is a big change, a monumental change between how he addressed Theophilus in the Gospel of Luke. Remember how he calls him in the Gospel of Luke? I'll read it to you. It's from verse 3 of Luke chapter 1. He begins by writing that book. He says, with this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, quote, most excellent Theophilus. And you have to understand this about Luke, that he never tosses around titles. He doesn't. He just doesn't do that. He doesn't use titles to flatter people. In Luke and Acts, people are called most excellent three times. Governor Festus is called most excellent Festus. Governor Felix is called most excellent Felix. And then Theophilus only in Luke's gospel is called most excellent Theophilus. As if to set him apart. As if to say that he is addressing someone who is apart from the masses, even separated in a relationship from Luke. But as he starts the, his gospel, his, Luke of, his book of Acts, he drops the whole thing. Now, now, maybe you think I'm making a mountain out of a molehill, but everybody has agreed about this point. That suddenly, at the beginning of Acts, Luke and Theophilus are brothers. They're no longer separated by titles. They are now brothers in Christ. Everybody agrees about the fact that when Luke wrote the book, the Gospel of Luke, Theophilus was an unbeliever. But when Luke wrote Acts, he was a brother. He was a believer. When do you think it happened for Theophilus? When do you think he he finally came to believe in Jesus? Have you, have you thought about that? Do you, think, do you think that maybe it was the first time that the two men gleaming in white showed up? Do you think that that's when Theophilus came to believe, when he saw Jesus brightly glowing? Do you think it was when he heard Jesus discussing with Moses and Elijah his exodus? Do you think it was the fact that instead of fear, and anger painted all over Jesus' face as it glowed that 
Instead, his face glowed with love. Do you think that it was in that moment when Theophilus said in his heart, either Jesus has been exposed to extreme amounts of radiation, or Jesus is my Lord. Do you think that's when Theophilus came to believe? Or do you think it happened later? Do you think it happened when, when the two men glowing in white showed up again with this in their mouths? They said, uh, next to the tomb of Jesus, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised to life. Do you think that it was in that moment when Theophilus said to himself, the same man who glowed was hung on a cross. The same man who glowed died for the sins of the world. Do you think it was then that the angels, and he finally figured it out, and he said in his heart, if there is a person who can predict their own death like that, then he is worthy of faith. And if there is a person out there who can predict his own rising from the dead, then he is worthy of my faith. You think it was right then, as he read about the angels telling the women at the tomb, he is alive, that right there in that moment, like Thomas, Theophilus shouted, my Lord and my God. Or do you think it was later? Do you think it was later when, when Luke gave to him the 24 chapters of the Gospel of Luke and the 28 chapters of the book of Acts and wrote on top of it so that you may believe? Do you think it was right in that moment that Theophilus finally got it? But maybe we're asking the wrong question. Maybe we're asking the wrong question completely because does it even matter when Theophilus finally got it? Maybe, maybe it just matters that he did get it. That when Luke began to write the book of Acts that, that Luke and Theophilus were brothers. One baptism. One Lord. One resurrection. One truth. Maybe, maybe it just matters that, that Theophilus was no longer most excellent Theophilus, that now Theophilus was a brother in Christ. And so Luke writes a whole nother volume to his gospel so that he could answer all the questions of Theophilus like, now what? I get it. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Now what? And then the, the two men glowing white show up again to tell them. To tell them this. Men of Galilee. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back. In the same way you have seen him go into heaven. 
fact of the matter is Jesus has ascended into heaven. Luke believes it. Theophilus believes it. Now what? And the angels say to them, now you have to wait. And we think, what? That's not a satisfactory answer. Why do we have to wait? Because we modern people, when we think of waiting, we think right away of maybe sitting in an airport, just waiting for the plane to take off, twiddling our thumbs. And we think, I don't want to wait. But the angels, the two men gleaming in white, added on this, don't wait passively. Don't just twiddle your thumbs watching Netflix all day. They say, wait actively. Wasn't that their message to Theophilus that you will wait actively because you know what? You have been clothed with power from on high. You know what? You are my witnesses. They were to wait. There is no doubt about it because this ascended Lord will return in the same way, but not wait passively, wait actively as witnesses. When do you think Theophilus finally got it? When do you think he finally understood that God in eternity named him in his heart. And then God pursued him through cross and empty tomb. And that God redeemed him through Christ. And then God set him apart to be a witness. When did he finally think he understood it? But maybe we're still asking the wrong question. Maybe the best question of all today is, when did you get it? When did you finally understand that it wasn't just about Theophilus? When did you finally get it that that God named you in his heart and pursued you with reckless abandon to cross an empty tomb? When did you finally get it that, that He ascended on high not to just rule for the masses, but for you? And when did you finally get it that, that God is working out every single detail in your life so that it works out perfectly? And, and when did you finally get it That the same God who named you in His heart and the same God who won you on the cross and the same God who rose for you and the same God who called you and the same God who justified you and the same God who sanctified you has called you to be His witnesses. But maybe we're still asking the wrong question. Because maybe, just maybe, the only thing that matters is that 
all of it happened. Amen. Please stand. Let's confess our faith in this ascended Lord with the words of the Apostles' Creed with Christians all over the world. I believe.